We're continuing our position preview. Today, we're going to talk about the wings, specifically Gordon Hayward. How much impact can he provide for the Charlotte Hornets? Plus, we're going fishing again to talk about the Charlotte Hornets all today. Locked on Hornets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. We're Locked on Hornets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. Topo, Topo, Locked On Podcast Network. Fun Friday, Fun Friday, Hive Live. Oh man, get you set for the weekend. We got the sirens, baby. We appreciate you joining us here on Locked On Hornets, making us your first listen every day. We're free. We're available anywhere you get your podcast. That includes YouTube. If you check us out on YouTube, you can also hang out with us in the lounge every once in a while. Doug kind of brings it up without really any kind of schedule. We just sometimes will play the lounge music. It's a I vibe. think it's more so. It's a vibe. It is. And I think it's more so when we have conversations that feel like they might be interesting to other people that aren't really related to the Hornets. It's the mm-hmm. pre-show stuff. David was even talking about the pre-lounge lounge, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like we, oh, yeah. we do so many shows before we do the actual show. And that lounge allows us to share some of those thoughts with you. We talked about best fast food chain coffee. We talked about chicken wings. But now we're going to hop into the basketball wings, specifically Gordon Hayward, who is a controversial topic here in Charlotte, maybe even has kind of shifted more towards, uh, well, everybody's in agreement. They need to trade Gordon Hayward because that contract, it has just been too much given the lack of production because he's just not been available for the Charlotte Hornets team. But now we're in this weird predicament where they can't bring anybody else in via free agency. And they're going to have to rely on him at this point, whether you like him or not, he's going to play a big part of the team as currently constructed. Of course, you always have a trade that could potentially take place. And that would be a a salary shedding move, trying to bring somebody else to maybe help this team right now. Yes, there's still a possibility of that happening. But again, as of right now, you're relying on your starting small forward, Gordon Hayward, staying healthy as much as he possibly can, or else you're going to have to go to maybe Kelly Oubre or Jalen McDaniels is going to have to step up a lot more than we've even talked about. And we're all kind of fans of Jalen McDaniels. You know, let's talk about Gordon just as far as the availability goes here, Doug, and I'll, I'll send it to you first. Is, is that like... One of the biggest keys to this season, if they don't make any trade, where does that rank on the importance meter going into next season when we talk about wins or losses? Well, I think it's it's important, but it's also as important that not only Gordon Hayward be available, but he be more productive. I mean, that's what we we didn't talk enough about because availability always uh, seems to be the issue with him. He's owed Going back to the contract situation, he's owed $31 million this year. He'll be owed $30 million next season. And then after that, he'll be a free agent. So maybe trade discussions don't really pick up until he's on the expiring part of that deal. Last season, he played 49 games. The season before that, he played 44. And the season before that, his last in Boston, uh, he was only available for um, uh, 52 games. So you know that's that's the issue, but but if you look at his points per game uh, in his first season in Charlotte, he was at nineteen point six. That dropped to fifteen point nine, and and more and more games and uh, less field goal attempts, 
uh, the slightly less on on three point percentage. It dropped from forty one point five to thirty nine. So his production has to be better. He was a little bit too quiet last season, uh, I thought at times. And now we don't know exactly how this is all going to shake out. This rotation. I had my rotation projections, which I can throw up on the screen. So Do I some have Gordon, share it. Yep. Okay. Let's see it. I've got Gordon Hayward at thirty one right now behind him at Kelly Oubre. But if if Gordon Hayward suffers another major injury and is out for 20 plus games, then yeah, I mean, without, uh, you know, assuming that Miles Bridges is not going to be in this rotation, we don't know that for a fact, but uh, we're just count, we're just accounting for that at this point. You know, you're looking at Kelly, some combination of Kelly Oubre and Cody Martin and Jalen McDaniels filling in for Gordon Hayward, and that's going to be a serious uh, detriment to their playoff chances. Yeah, and the problem is, guys, you know, uh, someone would be willing to take on that Gordon Hayward contract more so than probably the Terry Rozier just because it's less years. But it's going to have to be a team that's basically bottoming out, right? And they're looking to to uh, shed something else. And what are you going to get of value yeah. back that's going to help you actually win? I mean, is it going to be worth doing that rather than just throwing them out there? Like, we know – Mitch and the organization likes Gordon Hayward. I mean, I think everyone does when he's healthy, but that's the big thing. So I wonder if they just completely put a new plan in place for him, like not playing back to backs, like limiting the number of games he plays in a week minutes watch. I don't know, but at this point, especially without miles bridges, they almost have to focus on him because he's such a big piece filling in for, for, you know, when miles goes out and think back to like two years ago, they really didn't even, it feels like they haven't even played together that much. Like this new version of, of miles, right? Like the, the, the guy that took a jump last year played with Gordon Hayward. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, they're going to have, they're, they're almost forced into depending on him now. Um, and, and so I think they've got to figure out a way to keep him on the court. No, I think there's a, yeah, a couple good points. Excellent job. No, I, I think there were a couple, like the first one talking about if you, if you are trading Gordon, if, if, if we're just specifically talking about this season, then it is going to be tough to get something back in return to help them win games because you do view that as, okay, this guy's getting older and he's not been healthy the last couple of years. So why would I give you something up of consequence as soon as this season in order to help you win right now? And you so that, that's, that's, that's going to be tough for the Charlotte Hornets to do. And then there's, you know, you talked about the, the availability maybe kind of like limiting him, but Doug, you wanted to talk about the trade thing first. Well, tough, but not impossible. I mean, there's a scenario yeah. where he comes into this season and gets back to that first season level of production or higher has a rebound type of season stays healthy. And then you approach the trade deadline and you go to teams and you go, look, Gordon's fine. He's playing better. And yeah. if you trade for him, you only have to deal with the final year of his contract. You're essentially trading for an expiring contract at that point. Um, there, there could be a better case at the trade deadline than there is now. I have zero expectation sure. that they're going to be able to move him at this point until the trade deadline. And if he has a rebound season. So, right. But that's funny think, because, and wouldn't they also have to attach a draft pick or two or three? I mean, I don't know. It depends on the other, the package, but it feels like you're still going to have to mm -hmm. pay someone to take them. Well, depending on, again, it's, it's all going to depend on the, the leverage that the other team has. If they are desperate for what, what Gordon Hayward brings, which is, you know, stability on the wing, somebody who can pass it, shoot it, uh, can defend. I mean, that's, that's going to be valuable to a playoff team if they expect him to be healthy so, and produce. Who is the playoff team that is falling short of expectations at the trade deadline and they're desperate oh, and then they see Gordon Hayward who might have played 30 games of the 40 
um, or 35 of the 40, whatever, mostly staying healthy, putting up pretty good numbers and then saying, all right, we need to win now. We need a wing to score in the half court or just be a decent basketball player when healthy. He's playing enough games. So, yeah, we'll give you this. And we need Gordon to help us try to get back on track for the postseason expectations. And one other thing I wanted to mention, too, just talking about like the shutting down of Gordon Hayward. Yeah, like, because we, I just want to say real quick, we had a chat on here. Just want to shout out the real grandma mom for saying um for chatting should clifford load manage gordon yeah okay so that's what david was talking about mm -hmm. james borrego mentioned that going into last season they did not load manage him whatsoever no. gordon hayward was playing all the time in fact we got to a pretty significant point in the season where gordon i believe was leading the team in minutes played old gordon yes. hayward um injured Often Gordon Hayward was leading the team in minutes played. I think I have that right. At least top two. And then of course he crashes and burns and doesn't play for the rest of the season. And Borrego wasn't Borrego wasn't doing the load manage thing, but here <laughs> because it's ridiculous. Well, yeah, hold on, Walker, right. it's ridiculous to say you're going to load manage Gordon Hayward. You can load manage stars on your team when you have a lot of talent, like that, you can't and, load well, manage when you don't have a lot of talent. Well, yeah. and yeah, so, but that was part of the reason too. That was part of the allure of Kelly Oubre. Hey, when Gordon goes down, Kelly's going to be able to help us. And if that was part of the process, then why can't he help us every other game when you shut mm -hmm. Gordon down, like every five or six contests and, and that yeah. would be more manageable. There, there are ways to do this, but they just flat out refuse to do any of it. But now the point is Doug, like your, your point is, is very much here this season. Like now it's, where do you go to now? Right? Like we already saw the Kelly Oubre thing. It, oh, we can't do that. So when we talk about load managing Gordon, I, they can't afford to more. So this year, assuming no miles bridges, now they certainly can't afford to do it, which leaves you in a pickle because then if he gets hurt, then you can't trade him, and your trade deadline scenario is kind of shot too. Well, lo load managing Gordon Hayward is ridiculous for, for a lot of reasons. One, because this team is not talented enough to really sustain that kind of load management. I mean, I think it's ridiculous anyway. These uh, Too many people are being load managed. Just like you're, you're getting paid $30 million. I think that the team should be able to, to like yeah, play you as much as possible. <laughs> It well, that, but though, that I mean. okay, that but that's but I think you have to roll the dice and just go. All right, we're gonna play you like a star player that's making this much money. And also, I, I'm listening to this uh, Jake Fisher podcast. Please don't aggregate this his podcast, which we're now going to aggregate. We're going fishing. It. That's right. Every time. That's right, folks. We're going. We're going out on the lake. We're firing up the boat. We're going fishing. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got a big one. Yeah, and got a on his on his podcast, Jake Fisher said. That, that Gordon Hayward is not a leader on this team. That's not even, it's not that he's not, yeah. it's not that he's a bad leader or like that he's somebody that's like discouraging in the locker room. He's, he's just, he's just, <laughs> yeah. he's cut, he's yeah. a he's lunch pail. the boat. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm coming to work to do my job. Yeah. And, and so I, I, I think there's an argument to be had that, hey, if you're getting, if a team's going to invest that much money into you, I blame the team. Not not Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward is what sure, he is. Always, like you, always. but but you shouldn't invest that much money into a player if they're not going to give you anything in the locker room. If they're not going to help move this team forward, that's not how you get to the playoffs. That's not how you win in the playoffs. You got to have folks that are all bought into the whole team thing. But if he's not going to do that, here's my point: if he's not going to do that, then don't load manage him. Like, what are you if you're not a leader? We can't play you a lot but we have to pay you $30 million. Like what the hell are you?
Yeah, but Doug, you talked about insanity <laughs> being the definition of doing the same thing over and over again and yeah. expecting a different outcome. Like, if we're going to continue to play Gordon Hayward into the ground each year and then he only plays 40 games each season, then maybe we change that up, especially if there are ways to every five games, we're going to play somebody else every sixth, every seventh, something like just absolutely just give me something to alleviate the load on Gordon. And plus there's research to suggest that this stuff actually helps the stars. Hey, maybe playing 82 games a year going into the postseason, about especially the if you are How about a playoff the fans? team. Does it help the fans? It helps if you're winning more. Well, that's, and that's the Kawhi Leonard debate. You know, Kawhi Leonard has very big differences with San Antonio medical professionals and then goes to Toronto. He gets to sit out every once in a while and then they win a championship. That made Toronto fans pretty damn happy, right? So when you're talking about postseason and later season success, because in part you load managed earlier and your best players were able to play later in the season, that stuff matters a lot. Go ahead and sacrifice a game every handful or more or so so that you can be healthy later on my but but to circle it all back for this year it's going to be harder because now you don't have miles maybe and now they they didn't make another move except you know do the same thing bring cody martin back for eight million dollars a season and we just don't know the clifford piece of this like it doesn't seem like he would rely on uh, Jaden McDa McDaniels, Ubre, whomever. It feels like he would really want to lean on Gordon Hayward, much like Borrego did. So I don't know. We'll see what their approach is. They've had to retool so much this year. And I mean, there's this offseason and they're still doing it. So there's a lot to be decided. But, you know, they got to work with what they got. And it hasn't been working how they've been doing with Gordon Hayward. It's not the same injury. It, you know, it's something different every time we look out there. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know if it's if it's just like I don't know his practice schedule. If he's running hard in practice or how hard they're practicing, whatever. But they're going to have to figure out to do something because it just doesn't seem like they're going to be able to make any waves without a healthy Gordon Hayward. You're just you're just running too darn hard in practice. That's really that's the <laughs> Don't problem. Hustle. Just practicing too hard. A hustling never helped anybody. But doesn't um, it doesn't it feel like this team getting back to that leadership thing real quick. Sorry to Walker. I mean no, this good. is not this is not his team. I mean this is Lamella no. Ball's team. Um you it's know, I mean that, and partly it's 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 Lamello Ball's team to have in the future, but I would say Terry Rozier is probably your biggest yeah. voice, your leader in the locker room at this point. More than Gordon, yeah. at least. LaMelo well, hasn't assumed that role, and I don't know. that It's an interesting question, and one that I don't know that we're really going to be able to answer. We just sort of have to wait and see. But what, is LaMelo the type of player that assumes that locker room uh, leadership role, or, or does he grow into that? He's, su he's super young. Yeah. You can't you can't walk into a locker room at 19 years old with 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 grown men who have been in the league for a little bit. Oh, the Hornets don't have too many of those players, but they have some, like Terry. Terry's been around mm -hmm. for a little bit. You can't walk into a locker room and just immediately assume that role. So, but will he is a big question, I think. Yeah, let's talk more about Gordon Hayward in the next segment. But first, let's try to get to some of these questions. Doug, do you want to scroll and get to some of the questions and comments that we have in the Hive Live? Well, we've got we've got one interesting one that I think would be a fun to actually address in an extended conversation. So I'm okay. I'm going to hold that one. A lot of questions about my beard, folks. I shaved the beard. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> it's like I've scared my child. My child is crying because I've shaved the beard. I didn't realize it was going to be so upsetting. Both to the I don't know who is more upsetting to my child who's actually you know cried tears or this chat who is just really upset the beard grows back folks it's it's fine it's gonna grow back um is is it weird i didn't even notice it like that i mean it maybe a little when did you shave 
this yeah, week yesterday. yesterday yeah oh my god i, I feel like that was, should have been in uh, on chat or something i got a, I got a prep, <laughs> a prep yeah. you should have done a hive live for it you should have <laughs> shaved and put that shit on youtube you should have done it i gotta prep the audience next time uh anyway so there is one i've got one question uh ready to roll but let's do it let's do it on the other side all right i was gonna take a drink but that's fine we will pause coming up next <laughs> on the lockdown hornets podcast don't go to sleep on the hornets just yet We'll continue to talk about Doug's beard, how different he looks. Also, we're going fishing, talking about Jake Fisher's, I guess, inquiry about Gordon Hayward not being a good leader. Does it matter? Plus, we have some other interesting comments and questions to get to because of you, and we appreciate you for that. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's second half of the Major League Baseball regular season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online where the game starts. We'll talk a little bit more about Gordon Hayward going fishing, all that good stuff coming up next. Locked on Hornets. You are listening to the Locked on Hornets podcast. Main character for American Psycho was Patrick Bateman, which really confused me. I always thought that Jason Bateman was Patrick Bateman and that Patrick Bateman was Jason Bateman. (laughs) It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Hive Live Fun Friday, where you are writing in your questions and comments. And I want to get to the one, Doug, you said you had something that was interesting. You know, well, should we talk but, about the leadership aspect first, or do you want to get to this Yeah, let's, let's do that first, because okay. we have uh, Rima in the chat. Uh, maybe a first-time chatter. I, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen that name pop up. Um, so if you're a first-time, let me just say, Topo! Welcome to the show. <laughs> uh, currently missing Marvin Williams' impact in the locker room. well that 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 was one thing yeah well the locker room used to be real tight-knit it was the one thing we had in fact i i remember when when doug used to say bleep all that who cares give me some talent (laughs) like it used to be yeah yeah kimba walker marvin williams you had a whole bunch of good locker room leaders except we weren't getting the postseason except like once every four years or something so yeah it used to be very tight-knit and i i don't know that it's not Right. I mean, I don't know how close it is. You know, we know that Miles Bridges and LaMelo Ball were, were good friends. We know Terry is also somebody that is embraced and vice versa. Um, but if Gordon, I don't know how how much they're friends. You know, I, I don't know, I guess, the PJ relationship, some of these other players. But yeah, like we, we could use some more veterans. So the leadership aspect with Gordon, I will say, yes, it would be nice for Gordon to be a leader. But he's not. And I don't know if how much I care about that. Like mm-hmm. if you know, yes, I would love for him to be a leader. I'd love for him to be a mentor and take everybody under his wing and be that vocal guy that says, Hey, let's win this one for the Gipper. And then they go out in the second half and perform extremely well. I would love all of that. At the same time, you're, you're right. I'm not surprised to hear this. I'm not surprised. Whoa, really? You know, Jake Fisher said Gordon Hayward's not a leader. Like I'm not, I, I figured that was probably the case. And to your guys point, Terry Rozier always felt a little bit more like his team. LaMelo certainly going into his third season. You're starting to get at least closer to having that veteran moniker. Yeah. I mean, Gordon, just, just stay healthy, stay on the court, you know, give me 15 points per game, do it on 47 and 40 splits. Yeah. And I'm all right with that. 
I, I agree. I, I agree with you that it's already baked into the cake. There's nothing you yeah. can do about it. And that's why I really put this on management, but it does matter that you have enough leadership in the locker room. What's the big buzzword around the Steve yeah. Clifford hire? Clifford has mentioned this word. I think Kupchak mentioned this word. And I think that's, it's, a reflection of the previous era, that word is accountability. And if you're mm-hmm. not getting enough accountability among the players, then you have then you really have to seek it out in your coach. And I think this organization didn't feel like they were getting enough of that from Borrego. They didn't have enough of it in the locker room. And that's, why, that's how you get blown out of a play-in game two consecutive seasons. So it looks like it's going to have to come from the coaching staff uh, a little bit. And also... Uh, we're getting some more mentions of uh, my uh, my beard. Uh, Corey saying everyone with smooth <laughs> chins, beware the beard. That's really why I shaved the beard. I wanted to prove to everyone that I I don't have a chiseled butt chin, as Walker mm-hmm. uh, coined the term chiseled oh, butt yeah. chin. But <laughs> I have what I have is chiseled butt chin potential. You can see I have the little, I got the little crevice there. If I really, if I stopped eating donuts, if I just cut the donuts out of my routine, I could have a chiseled butt chin. I want to save that clip of David's reaction to you saying that because <laughs> David was a skeptic. At the I have see, I what I have is CBCP chiseled butt chin <laughs> potential. You're not feeling hey, it, David. It's well, well, let me just jump out of Gordon Hayward for one second. Um, (laughs) I think it's hard for him to Uh, assume a leadership role. I mean, there's different type of leadership, right? But he just hasn't been there, like physically been there a lot. You know what I mean? Like you had the COVID season, you had injuries. A lot of times, uh, you know, I don't even know if he was traveling with the team. Certainly wasn't practicing. Like the core of this team, once the mellow came on board, they were forming you know, as they were playing together, as they were going through these last two years and Hayward was missing in action for a lot of that. The thing is like, he's never been that guy really. Um, I mean, even when he came here, but he still played well, it's not like he can't be yeah. effective and not, and, and, and just be not just another guy, but he doesn't have to be the main vocal leader of this team to have impact on it and to be effective. He just got to stay healthy. Um, you know, he played well with Lamella ball before he got hurt. He played well with everybody out there. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. That's one of those things. It's like, he's not a leader, um he's not a vocal leader on this team but it doesn't mean he doesn't have any impact or he can't yeah a couple of things too like when we talk about accountability it's maybe gordon hayward isn't holding everybody else accountable maybe he's not the guy that is doing that but it feels like it, other than health wise which I, it's not his fault i mean it's not like he's you know playing it's not like he's skateboarding and then he breaks his ankle or something like that <laughs> right. i mean it's it's all basketball related and he just can't stay healthy like that's that's just what it is but he's still putting in the work. I mean, he's still doing all of that. So as far as example goes, leading by example, quote unquote, that's what Gordon Hayward, Hayward is kind of doing at least. Oh, you got to play. You got to play. You got to actually. Right. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You got to play sure. to lead by example. And that and that's fair. That's totally fair. But yeah, like, you know, talking about even talking about Gordon Hayward, you know, being on the court too. When we talk about his performance also, I was looking at his stats from just last season. I think we also found out, oh, the play is starting to get older, right? Gordon is getting older, clearly. And I think you saw that last year. His usage percentage, it was lower than what it was his first season with Charlotte, but it wasn't like historically low for Gordon Hayward standards. He's had seasons in his past where he had lower usage rates. The field goal attempts went down overall. The three-point shot attempts did not. 
you're kind of seeing his transformation into being that old guy where we might just have him camp out on the three-point line, be a good three-point shooter, every once in a while try to take advantage of somebody that he can take to the rack or get to his spot in the mid-range game. But last year, you, you saw the assist percentage. That was actually historically low because Rick Bennell coined the term for Gordon being a connector on this team, which is valuable. Somebody that also not only has the scoring ability, but can move it, can run through the offense. I mean, that that is valuable. But his assist percentage was actually one of the lowest of his entire career. And the, I, I wonder just how much, all right, Gordon's kind of staying on the three-point line. You know, he's going to hit a, he's going to hit a lot of shots cuz he's still an efficient basketball player, but as far as the moving goes, all the all yeah. the young gun, all the young blood stuff, that ain't part of his game anymore. And and we saw that last year. Now we're talking about adding an injury onto that again. Yeah, like I we're we're going to see a different role as some of these young guys mature and get better and Gordon Gordon is getting further away from what his prime was and what his ceiling was every second that passes by. All right, are you ready for this question that we have on the yep. chat that I've been, yep. that I've been teasing for a while now? So Joey on the chat saying, how can the Hornets constantly be near or over the cap, but the elite <laughs> teams keep adding top-notch players on a regular basis? Uh, David, you're go ahead. You say you, That's maybe a great you don't have question. an answer. It baffles me. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. You see teams like the Warriors or uh, Contenders or the Heat, constantly adding people when they're at or near the cap um i have several walker go ahead walker go, go ahead because you seem like you have some thoughts. well no i i have i have a ton of thoughts on this we could do three shows on just these thoughts and then i'll pass it on to you guys um yeah i with the charlotte it, it's all about when you have these guys that are making the most money on the team you know i People are going to get angry, but like the Gordon Hayward contract, never a fan of it in the first place. It just didn't seem like that was the right time to make that move. But everybody's saying we're small market team. You got to pay in order to get these guys in your small market franchise. Okay, it's great. True. At some it's point, true. simply a bad contract is a bad contract. Doesn't matter if you're small market or big con, uh, big market. A bad contract is a bad contract. If Gordon Hayward is making over 30, being over 30 himself, and then you need that to help you get to the playoffs and contend when all these other teams have better rookie scale contract guys or mm -hmm. people that are making that much money that are just clearly better than Gordon Hayward at that point in their career, then that's going to bring you back. If not that season, then at least the season after we did it with Terry Rozier. If Terry Rozier is your second best player, then that's not a good thing as far as your postseason success goes. So what happens is those teams that are at the cap are always operating around it. The money is tied up in better players. Now, the other thing too, is Jimmy Butler, the Jimmy Butler, Miami heat thing, like the heat culture thing, as much as we like to make fun of it. And I'm, you know, raising my hand high. It rings true. Like Jimmy mm -hmm. chose Miami when they were in clearly a worse situation than what Philadelphia was. And that would never happen with Charlotte, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, choosing the heat organization when they did not have as much talent. You talk about the cat, man. They were up against it. It's amazing that they operated the way they did and got to a point where they're constantly contending. But they're also South Beach. They're no also tax. Yeah. Like Riley, you, you have all you know. that stuff working out for you. And so, mm -hmm. yes, small market teams might have to sacrifice to go after these borderline all-stars but a bad contract sometimes is just a bad contract and they hurt you just as much as any other team 
So yes, uh, desirability is obviously a factor. The the locale, the tax desirability, the winning desirability, as you mentioned, the culture there, that's obviously a factor. But the the way these teams are able to be at or near the cap and, and then acquire talent, uh, a couple of things. Uh, they've got enough depth because they draft well. Now that's something that mm-hmm. plagued the Hornets for many, many, many years and would just like domino effect into the rest of their decisions. They've cleaned a lot of that up and they have a development system. Like the idea that you sign Cody Martin to that kind of deal where he gets 8 million per, and then you've got Jalen McDaniels on like one and a half million. Those are like good solid rotation players at, at reasonable prices for the market. That's how you shore up enough money that you can go out after certain people when you're at or near the cap and and then to go over it it's because you've drafted well you could extend pj washington you can extend Lamelo ball into the future because and that's you know that's what golden state has done to build their team they draft so well um that they're able they can also then make trades for guys like wiggins to to go towards the luxury cap but the final piece and this is the key to answering joey's question the reason that teams can be at or near the at near or over the cap and still acquire players is because ownership has a willingness to get to the luxury tax and pay the luxury tax. That's how they do it. They trade for players or they extend the players they have, and that puts them into the luxury tax. This team so far in, in its existence since uh, Michael took over the team from Robert Johnson has not been interested in getting anywhere near paying that luxury tax. And until that changes, the Hornets will not be major players and free agent. Take away all the desirability, take away all of those other factors. It doesn't matter unless you're willing willing to show up at the meeting with a sack full of cash. Yeah, yeah my, those teams are, are a lot closer to winning and challenging for winning than I think are the for Hornets. For a reason, as well. for a yeah. reason. No, but but so so that's the chicken or the egg thing because we've yeah. talked about not going to the luxury tax and then being the chicken okay wing with or Michael the egg deciding thing? not to yeah the chicken <laughs> wing or the egg thing you know what comes first is it the chicken wing or is it the egg who has who but we've talked about that where we've understood why Michael didn't want to go in the luxury tax because this is not a playoff contending team and they've at least made comments I'm I'm not saying we know for sure I kept saying that about this Miles Bridges acquisition or the new contract that we're going to figure out if there is a point where you don't pay miles bridges, then I am all in on jumping on Michael Jordan. But then we had the felony domestic violence charge against miles. And then (laughs) you could extend this question out even more Mm so because, and that's why I talk about the importance of draft picks too, Doug, like golden state is the clear example and they're the outlier because nobody's ever going to do what golden state ever did again. You know, okay. We're going to draft the two best shooters of all time. Maybe certainly one, we're going to draft a generational defensive player, and boom, we're ready to go. And then Kevin Durant comes into our team because of the calorie spike, if you will, as we've coined it on this podcast. You know, so, but Portland, Doug, I mean, you've talked about, hey, give me 50 wins, give me to the playoffs. Portland drafts mm-hmm. Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. Boom, boom, Western Conference Finals. Utah, mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. They find those guys in the draft. I mean, I think they mm-hmm. trade for them on draft night, but you get the idea. They take them to the playoffs. So you got to hit your draft picks, which is, you know, why I'm a little reluctant to get rid of some of these guys. And then once you hit on those, do you show a willingness to go into the luxury tax? And if you do not, that's where, like, I destroyed Milwaukee when they didn't want to go into the luxury tax 
because they didn't want to pay Malcolm Brogdon and let him go after a 50, 40, 90 season, then they're like, you know, and then they trade for other people. Then they go into the luxury tax and then they fix that mistake. But at the time, I mean, that's why you go into the luxury tax to win a championship when you have a contending team. So yeah, like it, what comes first, the chicken wing or the egg? Right. That's the question. Right. And I've always been on that side of it, Walker. Like if you're not challenging for anything, if you're not really trying to do something, don't waste your time going into the luxury tax, but I'm almost ready to jump on the other side of that argument because look, yeah, like, are what we are so you trying to do? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. we're tired of sitting here. At least you're going to try and do stuff. And I guess they would say, well, we are trying to do stuff. We're bringing in guys like Gordon Hayward. We're giving them a lot of money. We gave a lot of money to Nick Batum. We gave a lot of money to Terry Rozier. So like, it, it's such yeah. a double-sided thing because on one side, everyone says they're so cheap. But on the other side, you say, well, they are paying these guys a lot of money and they're not always the best choices. So um, it's, it, it's really a, 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 an organization wide thing. It starts with drafting the developmental, the development of those guys and being able to have young talented players on team friendly deals. Um, and, and those be your guys, right? I mean, that, that's also a key. Uh, they, they had the chance, you know, they had that young core. I think they were going to keep bring miles back at everything stayed. Yeah, as I, it was. I mean, I think they were, they were steadfast about that. They, they obviously had no other plan B, you know, for the off season, that was their plan to secure their guys. Um, so they just got thrown a curveball. But yeah, I mean, it's it's frustrating to watch. I, I feel you because you're looking around. Charlotte is never going to be the landing spot for, you know, a PJ Tucker type guy, someone who's looking to contribute to getting a ring or or a guy of value looking to go on a team friendly deal. They're not coming here just to mentor, you know, a rising superstar. You're going to have to show them more than that. Um. Yeah. You know, so uh, let's get to more leadership stuff, maybe too, but also just some of the uh, other conversations, maybe surrounding ownership here. But you want to get to some comments and questions, Doug, from the listeners? I, well, I, I want to get to this third segment, honestly, because okay. I've got this receipt that I want to show. Okay. It's just a wild ride. This is a <laughs> yes, lot we need yes. to get to. We're at the 40 minute yeah. mark, which is fine. We've had a great time, but I'm just, I, I want to get to some of this. I want to get to some of this other stuff. Also, I watch Stranger Things. I watched the uh, first episode. Okay. I won't, I won't have any spoilers, but David and I love to talk about on-screen basketball and how uh, david have you seen that have you seen that episode yeah i've watched the whole season so it's been a while since i watched the first one but i, I think i remember the, the basketball okay. scene enough because they're always good all right <laughs> let's do it <laughs> let's do it third segment coming up next locked on hornets podcast don't go to sleep on the hornets just yet if you want to hear pamela anderson the charlotte hornets what stranger things all mentioned in a segment Find out how we do all of that next. Locked on Hornets. Is locked on Hornets. Develop winning habits. You know what winning habits are? Scoring things in the box score. That's what winning habits are. You compete. Rebounds, when you, assists. Yeah, when you compete, points. you get rebounds. When you compete, you get assists. When you compete, you score points. It's not you about effort. The it's about competing. <laughs> hey, you want to be back on the show, baby. I got baby. you, Doug. You want to be back you, on the show. This is me. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. 
We have a lot of non-basketball things to get to. Some basketball related, just not Charlotte Hornets or NBA related. I wanted to finish up those thoughts as we move on just very quickly. Going back to the leadership thing, you know, we talk about mentorship being important, but maybe it doesn't have to come from Gordon Hayward. I think that's where we get into the importance of maybe bringing an Isaiah Thomas back. So if he were to be somebody that could come in and LaMelo Ball loves Isaiah Thomas, put it out on Twitter, who he wants to have as that backup point guard. You're not going to pay Isaiah that much. It's going to be the vet men and you're going to bring him in and he's not going to play a whole lot of minutes. Maybe he does here and there, just kind of like he did at the last half of last season. Maybe that's where you get your leadership fix. The other thing too, though, it's I'm glad they brought in somebody like that though, because remember we were talking about Ish Smith serving that role when he came on early in the season last year, because he was your backup point guard where we fell in love with all of his comments, how you have to lead in different ways. You can't just have this overarching theme of leadership and then apply it to everybody involved. We really liked his nuanced answer of LaMelo has to be handled different than miles bridges who has to be handled differently than some of these other guys. And Ish seemed very real, right? And then they traded him and then they didn't have that person. Remember they got back, they, they got back Montrez Harrell, who, you know, leads by being 110% on the court and he's yeah. going to fight for you, which I would argue is a form, but maybe not the, I don't know about the accountability, whatever. Like Isaiah Thomas is that guy to be in your ear and help you out. And so maybe that is the argument for Isaiah. There is that familiarity. And even if he doesn't have to go on the court all that much, you know, he is going to see it some, and you're not going to have to pay a whole lot for it. Maybe that's how you get your fix. I guess. I don't know. I mean, this team just seems so far from having any kind of, uh, you know, voice in the locker room, voices in the locker room that have like playoff winning. Like the coach has never won a playoff series as a head coach. Uh, You know, a lot of young guys, Gordon Hayward uh, doesn't want to be a leader. I I just, where is it going to come from? Uh, It it seems like they've just got to pull it out of thin air. It's, it's, it's frustrating. Yeah, maybe it is LaMelo, you know, I mean, maybe that's the next step. That's something to watch for. Well, can he's, his greatness, the question is, can his greatness, you know, as he as he continues to get better and better, just give them that playoff experience um, you, you know, via just carrying the team? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Teams, have, teams have to help you lead sometimes. And, you know, if there's not enough talent, then maybe he doesn't get that opportunity. What do you want to get to, Doug? It, it's you. you there's a, a smorgasbord, if you will, of things to get to. What do you want to get to here to start? Well, I mean, I just I I did have this thing. So I got this uh, book online. I've been I've been brushing up on my Hornets history. So I got Rick Bennell's book that he wrote after the first playoff series win against Boston uh, called Sharpening the Stinger. And I just bought it on Amazon. So you never know like where it's coming from. Use bookstores, that kind of thing. And I'm just thumbing through it. And I found this uh, receipt inside the book that I have to assume came from the person who purchased the book for the first time. And then it just made its way to a used bookstore or something and then on to Amazon. But I- I'm going to put the I'm going to read this for the audio listeners, too. But um, I'm going to put it up on the screen. But this this is a, an amazing receipt. First of all, it's from a media play that used to exist. Media plays out of the board. This was Woodlawn Market Plaza. I don't oh, know. OK. Oh. Yeah. I don't know where that is. I, I lived in Charlotte for a while, but I don't know. Down don't, my way. Yeah. I don't know where the Woodlawn Market Plaza. Anyway, a media play. All right. This person bought this book, which is listed weirdly on the receipt as ABC forward slash Charlotte Hornet, C-H-E, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, for two ninety four. Great deal on a book that has been uh, just a wealth of information on those early Hornets years $2. that I've shared on 
that I've uh, shared on every hornetsboxscore.com. By the way, my sub stack, you can subscribe for free right now, every hornetsboxscore.com. But let's look at what else this person purchased. Uh, they purchased Peanuts, uh, a VHS of Peanuts. You're in the Super Bowl now, Charlie Brown, for 288. Mm. I didn't a, see that. Knowing <laughs> what's coming, I didn't Right, not right. Just keep that Brown. in your mind. Okay. Hold that in your mind. File it. <laughs> File it away as I tell you what, he, what this person's bought next. Kathy Ireland's swimsuit calendar for $8.99. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tanya Tucker's. Uh, video hits, which I think is a country music uh, star of, of I did the not time. Know who that was. This was the, from yeah, 1995, by the way. I, I did find the date. Yeah. It says, reserve your copy of Cinderella today, coming the fall of 1995. And then finally, something that's listed as Playboy Pam Anderson for $16.99. Yeah. So I've ha- I-, I had this discussion with some friends of mine. I'm interested to know what you think. So this says Playboy Pam Anderson, $16.99. Is that yeah an edition of the magazine Playboy featuring Pam Anderson for $16.99 in the year 1995. Or we know this person also bought several other VHSs. Is this a VHS tape special oh, no. Playboy Pam yeah. Anderson? I think that's what that is. Um, sixteen ninety nine seems, seems like, like a lot, lot for, for a magazine, magazine. in ninety five. Yes. Yeah. Does it even though? Like, even if it's a special edition and Pam Anderson at the at the top of her popularity, I'm going magazine. See, this is the. You, it's so funny that you, both of you bring up the exact points that were in the group <laughs> chat that I had. One person said no special edition. It would have been <laughs> yeah. a lot more. The other person says. VHS tapes got to be $16.99. VHS tapes much more expensive back in 1995. But definitely uh, reserve your copy of Cinderella Today coming the fall of 1995. (laughs) But all total, this person spent $47.48 at Media Play, which honestly, knowing Media Play, if anyone remembers Media Play, that person got out of there with a steal because that place overcharged everything. I I remember, man, Media Play was just exiting as I mean, I I might have been like 10, 12 years old when the last Media Play ever existed. Really cool logo. I, I don't know if we're going to go iconic logo, but I liked it. No. Didn't you have like the face with no. the was the music in the background or something like that? I, I, I don't know, but all I saw were dollar signs. Whenever I walked in a media play, yeah. I knew they were about to to take me for a ride. But I mean, talk about uh, talk about a ride. I mean, this person just yeah. had a night. We don't know who this person is. No information except for the media um, play phone. Well, he's got some for exist. everybody. He's got he's got a little some for the kids. He's got a little something well, for that's, himself. He's got a little something that, for you know. He's got some Charlotte Hornet. Yeah. yeah. Charlotte my Hornet my, qu- my question is th- this this kind of screams like like person going through puberty you know you think, like, is, you think is, this was a teenager yeah i mean is we have charlie brown no. <laughs> whoa, <laughs> whoa i'm scrolling down here oh this is walker comma david <laughs> yeah is that a highlighted is it that cinderella thing highlighted you were definitely going to go purchase that yeah like to me this screams like yeah we're i'm i'm 10 11 12 years old about to go through it got some birthday money got some birthday mm-hmm. money in the card you know, fifty dollars, uh, and then yeah. You, yeah, you know, I like sports. I'm also getting interested in this Pamela Anderson thing. Plus, you would go after the stereotypical Playboy issue, right? You're like you're not going after just any some normal magazine. You're going to get the normal special one. one. It's true. Yeah, I did get so, the special one. Here's what the last thing. The last thing that I find interesting on this receipt is that whoever this person was, the total came out forty seven dollars and forty eight cent. 
the person gave the cashier $45 in cash, which is listed. And it wasn't enough. So then another $5 (laughs) listed. Like what was, what was happening there? What was that? That was an awkward exchange with the cashier. Was there a, was there a pause? Here's 45. It's not enough. Here's five. Now we're okay. Yeah. Now I can walk away. Anyway, with just a haul. that fell out of the book as I'm just like flipping through the pages, fell out of the book and into my lap. And wow, what a, I hope everyone enjoyed it as much as I did. I had a great time. Did, now, did you try to maybe do a little bit of Facebook stalking to the, when, when you saw who sold or it was Amazon doesn't reveal where this is. It from. was a used, I was a used okay. bookstore. It definitely wasn't okay. the person that owned it. Giving me that book now. Yeah. Sure. If you know, know this person, uh, if you're around at 95 and you were, <laughs> if someone came over to your house and said, listen, look at what I got. And they open the bag <laughs> and you see you're in the Super Bowl Now, Charlie Brown, an issue of playboy featuring <laughs> Pamela Anderson, Tanya Tucker's greatest country hits, which are probably not. Yeah. Giving and sharpening too, yeah. the stinger by Rick Bunnell. Fantastic. Book what's, to the, go along. what's the price on the cover there, Doug? What's the price on the cover of that book? It's not two ninety four. Nineteen ninety five 1995 retail yeah. price for the book. Uh, Man, worth, huge worth every worth every penny honestly the goat Rick Bunnell, um he uh it was it's a fantastic look into that team a lot of drama in the early hornets years mm-hmm. okay excellent receipt there's so i mean we didn't even get to the tanya tucker stuff who i don't know who she is but at the same time a country music album going along with everything else purchased there it's fantastic you wanted to get to stranger things i've not seen the new season but you also wanted to get to the basketball scenes we do like i i have adopted what you guys like to talk about which is fake basketball players the actors actresses whether it be shows whether it be movies how well they actually play basketball you guys like to talk about that so let's dive in Doug what did you want to share first well I watched Stranger Things season four no spoilers don't worry um I I didn't watch the whole thing I just watched the first episode last night it features a basketball scene and David and I always like to joke about the uh, basketball being portrayed on screen it's always awful people are dribbling too high they're taking set shots (laughs) the two-handed drill like there's some two-handed dribbling sometimes like it just does it doesn't make any sense everything looks awkward I do have to say though David I don't know how much you remember the basketball is not terrible, though no. there is one particular character who they lift up as like the star of the basketball team, and he's the worst basketball player. Like he looks the like point guard, right? He's the point guard, but he's yeah. not like yeah. it's all very awkward. Not a great shooter. The actual one of the main characters takes a, a jump shot, and it looks like a good jump shot. That's a guy who knows yeah. how to play basketball. Is that what's the is it what's the kid's name? Is it Caleb, uh, the the actor uh, the, on, on on Stranger Things? I mean, it's it's one of the main guys, right? I'm I'm for blanking on his name. Is that what you're talking about the the yeah the one of, yeah one, one of the, the main, yeah one, one of the main, main guys takes a shot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's yeah he's not bad. He's pretty good. I don't now, know. You names. talk about there's too many shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't yeah, keep nah, anyone's character nah, name. What's his actual name head. on the show? Seriously, I'll look what's his up. actual name on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched all four seasons and I cannot remember his actual. There, there, that the because there's too many shows there is a uh, i, I th- there is streaming face blindness for me now character name blindness because yeah, there's so many I mean, shows i can't keep anyone's name in my head i remember 11 mike of course uh lucas uh, Eddie is a big lucas, lucas oh my god okay that was we know that we know that but yeah now you want to talk <laughs> about leadership you want to talk about leadership doug you are about to see a leadership turn from that point guard uh the, the likes of which we have never seen this guy i think he's a high school senior uh i don't want to give away any spoilers but he does basically lead the entire town 
on uh you know a, a, a rampage at one point in this season he sparks okay. a lot of enthusiasm the whole basketball team again i'm treading lightly here but the just when you get to the moment of the season where you see the basketball teams hang out uh that's a joy that's a nice little surprise for you doug but i agree with you the the point guard there his on-court skills I, i'm not sure I don't know how many recruiting letters he got sent to Hawkins High School. You know what I'm saying? But he's he's certainly the vocal and emotional leader of that team. And, um, yeah, he plays a big part in the season. So if, if you're ready Danny, to see more of them, get ready. Danny on the chat saying that the kid who plays Lucas in real life, his name is Kate, his real, his name in real life Caleb. is Caleb McLaughlin. There he was go. in the NBA all-star celebrity game. So it makes sense. Oh, we should have known that we should have well, known that. And, and so that's what I'm asking for from these shows. If you're going to show basketball, don't just go scraping for any old extra, like let's find some people. Let's do the basketball justice. Um, you know, unlike One Tree Hill and the Charlotte Bobcats, when you know none of that looked good. I mean, come on, he could um, play though. He's well, a good player. He could, he... That's that's fine. We have some other stuff on the chat if you're interested in our conversation about the receipt. Um, we have, let's see, Seth saying was Pam Anderson still on home improvement in 1995? That's a great mm, question. I'm sure. Wow. I forgot all about that. She was worldwide at that point. Uh, she yeah. may have not been on there anymore. A lot of people saying Charlotte Hornet is very funny that it would be listed on the uh, receipt of Charlotte Hornet. Um, Danny saying that's the Dr. Steve Brule pronunciation. Uh, Roger coming in with some expertise here. The Pamela Anderson tape was in 1996 magazine for sure. Well, I don't know if they would have sold that particular tape. Well, I was thinking more. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. thinking, I don't know. That, that would have been authorized by Playboy. Not that even in media play. Tape. Media play would have done anything for your money, but not even media play would have done that. I was thinking more of like this sort of a special VHS or whatever that, you know, magazine yes. special. Yes. Kind of yeah. Not, not yes. the tape. No, no, that's not, that's not the one I would imagine is sold in media. And it wasn't play. going for 1699. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. No, it wasn't. Okay. That's it for the receipt. That's it for the receipt. Okay. That's it for the, uh, the, the basketball talk. Um, oh, the we what? do have, we yeah, have some ahead. people wanting to know your opinion, David, on the, in the new MBO one release from, mm, uh, they're coming out in about 10 Lamello. minutes, guys. If you're watching live, wow. head on over to Puma. I, I saw a dip. I saw a dip in our viewership. People are now yeah. bouncing. Yeah. To, is it yeah. this one? Yeah. Do I have it on the screen now? That's Is it, it this one? That's it. That's it. I, so I these like are it. the. It's a, it's the, a mashup the, of basically every uh, version they've put out so far. Interesting. Yeah. There's the mm -hmm. space. Uh, there's mm -hmm. the teal, the green from the Rick and Morty, the red from the Rick and Morty. Uh, it's very, yeah, it's mashup. It's very 90s. Yeah. It is very loud. Is it yeah, too soon? Walker, is it too soon, David, to do a mashup this early in the no. life of the NBA one? You don't think so? No, no, no. I think this shoe has been such a hit that um, all basically all of them have been have been loved. And I think I'm not usually a fan of shoes that don't match up, you know, where one looks to the left, looks different from the right. But I think this one works. Uh, all of these shoes. I've gone back and forth on what my favorite is. I think the Galaxy one is my favorite. It's the one that has that space theme uh, for the majority of the shoe. And mm -hmm. it just kind of pops. But the purple one is great. Uh, the one you got is great, Doug. The original red one is great. Like this shoe has been such a hit that I think they can almost do no wrong. Even the low tops, I think look good so yeah if you're watching right now head on over get in line to, at puma.com seven, try and score seven minutes yeah yeah we need do we need to end it so everybody can go do that we need to help i might want to hop yeah. off and try to I know. Hey, hop on. 
All right, that'll that'll do it. Any other final comments we want to get to, Doug, before we end today's show? Basketball oh, or non-basketball let's, let's related? Let's looky looky. Love our commenters. Thank you so much for getting on the chat. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Man, YouTube's scrolling. As soon as we started talking about Pam Anderson, by the way, the bots started jumping in the chat and with the uh, adult dating side. So I don't they know. They hear us. They may be hearing us as well. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Lonnie says Hornets will be playoff contenders. Hope for the best. They got three more years and we are winning three or six straight. That's what I like to see. There Lonnie. we go. Topo. Let's no, go. No therapy Friday for you. Fun. Mm -mm, you yeah, don't need it right. <laughs> scrolling scrolling joseph says it is not an elite defender they need a point guard with defensive handles i'm telling you eric i, say, I haven't I been able say, to get this take out elite. you could throw elite out the window yeah i mean well, throw elite wrong. out the window but on the d defense i haven't been able to get this take out yet i think they should go after eric bledsoe he's sitting yeah. right there uh would give you a little bit of pop mm, of defense um has been able has been taking a little bit of a limited offensive role uh, I think Eric Bledsoe would be a good option for the Hornets to explore unless they were just like, you know, all right, we, we really have to bring IT back because LaMelo is enjoying his presence. But if that yeah. was their only thing, that feels like that would have been done. Like they could have had IT back in here yesterday at this point, right? I mean, well, they, the I problem would, is yes, he's going to want more. He's, he's going to want more. He did some proving last season, you know, on, mm. on those 10 days. So his he's market, want though. I <laughs> Not mean, my much goodness. More. Who, yeah. Who's going to, who's, well, who's you're who's talking in the G League forever? I mean, well, I, yeah. that's fine, but you're talking about margins at this point. You're talking about a team that doesn't want to get anywhere near the luxury tax. That's what I'm telling you, people. Every decision has to be this, uh, you know, excruciating decision because you're not willing to go throw some money out there yeah i still think vet men should be all right for isaiah but we'll see we'll see um uh, but he's but whoever said that you're you're right i'm not gonna argue that he is uh an elite have defender. you named the fish yet james says have you named the fish yet um uh, no i have well th the thing is there's so many different fish in there so i'm not gonna name the fish that school we, we do have a beta and his name we got from so i think he it comes from a Chappelle skit because we got the beta in there. It all started this process because we got him at a white elephant Christmas party. And so he was in a, he was in a Christmas bag. He was in a, or a, you know, a gift bag. And then we open it up and then there's this fish and we're like, yeah, we'll take it home. We'll take the responsibility. <laughs> and I think, I think whoever got him said his name was ice tray, which is like from a Dave Chappelle show yeah. from the, the real world skit. So yeah. I think he was one of the prisoners on real world. So I, as just respects, I can't change the name to shark Williams, but we will get a solo fish and we will name him shark Williams. So yes, that's still to come. Too many betas. We need some alphas on this team. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, David. You, you and me have been. I don't know what Walker's yeah. deal is on this show, but what, you, David what, and I have been. Insane. When did I ever <laughs> differ criticizing? From that? <laughs> <laughs> that's well, that was a weird. That felt you felt that in your soul too. That was not like yes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Walker never wants any alphas. That's All right. he wants is betas. That's David right. Walker knows. Yeah, I. So I'm saying. I have no clue where that came Violet. from. I'm sorry. Um. Topo to you guys, man. It's been a great <laughs> Friday. Morning. That's what I'm talking about. That's been a great fun Friday. And I appreciate all the listeners, the audience for hopping on with us on this high live. Thanks for joining us, making us your first listen, continue to make us your first listen and lockdown NBA, your second listen. It's your 30 minute daily update, everything going on within the association. That's Doug Branson. Follow him on Twitter at Doug Branson, LOH. Also check out his work at every Hornets box score.com. We have a couple of episodes going to be released within the next week or so. So, and those are some really fun ones. 
possibly some Bobcats era stuff. I promise we make it fun. So go check it out. Every Hornets box score.com. That's David Walker. You can follow him on Twitter at David B Walker, helping us out every Friday. Also follow him on Twitter for some really nice shoe advice and some shoe win pictures because he just won uh, a pair of sneakers on the sneaker tab. And so, yep. The got him. There's nothing better to see than a got him app. uh, Got him graphic on Twitter. Appreciate you hopping on with us. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday.